Hello and welcome back to the Usle Podcast. Of course, you know I'm your host. My name is Ali Kameha. I know it's been a while. A lot to catch up with. But of course, where are we going to start? I'm not going to start with the finals. I'm not going to start with soccer. I'm going to start with the sport that's dying down. That's not baseball. I'm talking about boxing. Unfortunate news has come up because you've already probably realized that you can't order Fury vs. Wilder 3 this weekend, which we were all looking forward to. It got postponed. And the first thing I thought was it better have not been postponed because of Deontay Wilder. And guess what? It wasn't. It was postponed because of Tyson Fury. Tyson Fury and his camp got COVID. And people might be saying, what? How? Fury didn't get vaccinated. He didn't get vaccinated and he's been running around all these people. Because we've seen him at these fights, every place, no masks. I get it. You don't want to get vaccinated. That's up to you. I think it's everybody has their own opinion. I'm officially now uh, two weeks into being uh, 100% vaccinated. And I'm not going to lie. That second shot is a motherfucker. The first shot, nothing. But the second shot, man, that took me out for at least like three to four days. Took me out <clears throat> that shot. But, um, so Fury and his camp got COVID. So now the fight isn't going to be on until October 9th. Yeah, it's they're not going to have it on till October 9th. So that will hold up the AJ fight, everything. And to be honest with you, like, I don't know what Fury's doing. And if you heard me say it on the podcast before, it's not been a good look for Fury. He's He's been acting and looking a little bit out of control. And with his background and his history, and even before this Wilder fight, he said it himself, he's been struggling because he hasn't been able to fight for so long. And now he has another postponement. Let's just hope. Uh, everything sticks and stays well with him because I'm telling you, I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't look uh, that well. Things don't look that good with him. But, is there another fight that you could be watching? Yes, there is. Uh, The other fight is Charlo Brothers. Jermel Charlo, 
is going to be fighting for a title. It's going to actually be a great fight. Because they're, they got power, but they're sort of, um, not at the top technical, but they're getting better and better and better and better. Unlike Deontay Wilder, who, who pretty much didn't even try to continue to learn boxing after he started knocking people out. So... It's going to be exciting to see where the Charlo brother is, where Jermel, where Jermel Charlo is. If he's a real dude, if he's a contender, if he's somebody that can or will have a shot or considerations to fight Canelo, this is his showcase. And with um, the fight going away, the Fury fight, there's not really, if you're a boxing or MMA fan, I'm going to talk about UFC, the Islam fight, but even that card, we're only going to touch on two fights, the Islam and Misha Tate. <clears throat> even the UFC's promos are only literally promoting, oh, Islam and Misha Tate. Because everybody had this day supposedly going to Tyson Fury and Wilder. It just sucks. It sucks again. Because again, the only people that are more disappointed and get screwed the most are the fans. It's you guys. It's me. It's us. We're the ones who always get screwed in boxing. And that's why, like, man, you've heard my rants about boxing and how they have nobody to blame but themselves. That YouTube fighters are taking food off their tables and from their mouths. It's nobody's fault but theirs. Manny Pacquiao today was asked, why did you pick Errol Spence? Because he said, because I want to give the people a good fight. When was the last time we heard a boxer say that? This is why, like, Pacquiao is always going to be ahead of Floyd Mayweather for me. Always. And that's what people don't understand. All of us fans are not robots. Just because you're undefeated does not mean that I gotta like you. Does not mean I gotta think that you're the best. So all these boxers that keep worrying so much about that zero next to their record and keep alienating, alienating, wow. Got there though. The fan base and pushing us to f to watch these influencers fight in UFC. Hey, <clears throat> good luck. Keep trying to ask for millions of dollars soon, 
and people are going to be like, who are you? That's going to be like Terrence Crawford soon. Yep. Logan Paul's going to have a bigger guaranteed purse than him. Because he doesn't fight. He does not fight. If you do not fight and you don't do media and social media either, okay. Like, you're just, I I don't get it. I don't understand. People are going to be like, no, man, it's nope, nothing's more complicated than anything, man. The Logan brothers just prove to everybody that it's not. That people just like to make it seem it's so complicated to keep these fighters from ever even trying, attempting to do it. It's not. And Terrence Crawford keeps shooting himself in the foot. Keeps worrying about the money. Nobody's trying to screw you, Crawford. They're just paying you what you're worth, buddy. You don't fight enough. And you don't do social media or anything. Because you, you like your private life. Okay, buddy. And you're not really a knockout artist. So what is it? Who do we know more about? Crawford? Or Tank Davis. Tank Davis. Why? Is Davis Tank... Is he better than Crawford? Hell no. But Crawford doesn't fight enough. He doesn't. Because he keeps worrying about every single fight. How much he's going to get paid. Fight double then. If you're that good, you're better than these boxes, other boxes. Start knocking people out. Boxing, man, it, it just it hurts because it's such a beautiful sport. And those fighters are like, they're great. And I think we have some of the best talent. But we have the least amount of heart. More talent, less heart. Let me know if I'm right. Let me know if I'm wrong, actually. If you disagree with me, let me know. You know the email. Ali, A-L-I-1111, Kameha, K-M-A-I-H-A, at gmail.com. It's also in the pod, you'll see it in the episode description. I'm still waiting on that first email. Islam, he doesn't finish people in the UFC. The odds to take him, he's a decision guy. He doesn't have the power. If He'd have to cut. He's too small for the division he's in. Because of all the people that cut so much weight. 
and he's also too big to go down. So, in that division that he's in, he's just so talented that he will, he's better technically than you are. And he can eat punches. So he's going to win. He will win a decision, especially when you're going five rounds with a guy that's that technical. If you can't knock him out, you'll gas out. And then when you gas out, it's over. And that's like this guy gasses people out in when it's three rounds. Imagine giving him five rounds. And then Misha Tate, just tune in and watch her. Misha Tate is a great fighter. Misha Tate is actually all heart. You can't even deny Misha Tate's heart. Um, especially like the way she won the belt before she left, all heart. <clears throat> so, and Misha Tate is beautiful too. You cannot hate on Misha Tate. Misha Tate is one of the most beautiful UFC fighters. Yeah, she is. Um, and she's returning to the UFC. Like, obviously Dana White is not going to want her to return to the UFC and lose. So the matchup is in her favor. If you're gambling. It is in her favor. The UFC is sort of like wrestling, but at the end of the day, the fighters still have to fight. But the UFC does do everything they can to make sure that their star athletes can at least, you know, get into the spotlight to help sell pay-per-views. Like, Misha Tate, you want Misha Tate. To get big, so so you have a huge star like Misha Tate fighting Amanda Nunes, maybe, right? And then all you gotta do is just look at the person's record. Normally, put somebody in there like on a losing streak too. Same thing with Sean O'Malley. No offense to him, because it's not his fault, though. Because the people are getting injured. And other people know that he's a big opportunity fight. So they get scared, and they don't want to fight him on short notice. So, like, the guy is just doing what you're putting in front of him. But if you're watching it, there's still something missing. Connor had knockout power. Connor had a f- like mean like a finish to him in there. Him, he doesn't have that. He has all the like finesse. He looks like Connor. He acts like Connor. But he doesn't bite like how Connor used to bite. Like Connor got big because Connor could bite your head off in the ring. 
he ended Jose Aldo's career. Ended it. Jose Aldo's never been the same fighter. Like, like Jose Aldo became like Derrick Rose after the knee injury. Like, that's how bad Jose Aldo got fucked up. Like, people started to cheer for Jose Aldo in his later fights because they felt bad for how low he sunk after Connor took his heart out. Took his fucking heart out. And if you're gonna tell me that Sean O'Malley has the ability to do that, I just don't see it. I don't see it. Let me know if I'm wrong. You know the email. It's in the description. Alright. We're going to move on to the NBA Finals and talk about the NBA. Stay tuned. Okay. Going to move on to the NBA Finals. And I do have to start off talking about Giannis. Giannis has moved up to like LeBron James, KD, Kawhi, Giannis. You got to put Giannis up there. He's no longer a one-dimensional player. The guy is getting like last night people were going crazy about Middleton. Game 4 you know what Giannis's you know what Giannis's line was? Twenty-six points, fourteen rebounds, and eight assists. They're forming a wall against Giannis. He's knowing how to. He figures out how to get out of it. How to pass, like. The game has finally slowed down for Giannis. He now understands and has become the best player on the court. Like, he now looks at it like, I got to get these other people going. The only thing about Giannis is, in the beginning of every game, I'm going to tell you what my theory is. I think he's just having an adrenaline dump. If you know fighting and you're a fan of fighting, because you listened to the beginning of the podcast, if not, I'm going to let you know in on something. Fighters, a lot of times, have an adrenaline dump. What that means is, if you're an inexperienced fighter, and it's your first main event, your heart, everything, you might be so excited and you're hyping yourself up back in back there and going crazy. That once that you get in there, you finally calm. When you finally calm down, there was so much uh, that you were just moving and operating so much uh, uh, from adrenaline that when that goes away, you automatically just feel so tired and so exhausted. And I think that's what's happening to Giannis. And that is honestly like equivalent to somebody that pukes every time before they go on stage to perform. 
that's like the same equivalent to an adrenaline dump. And I think Giannis, it's more of a mental thing. Uh, the adrenaline dumps, it's you being able to keep yourself balanced. And that's that's what Michael Jordan was, right? Michael Jordan, you saw it in the all those documentaries. In the documentary, he never got too high in the game and he never got too low. He himself was always balanced. Attack, 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 aggressive, but balanced. You never saw him like breathing heavy, nothing. And that's a lot of mental strength. And I think Giannis obviously. It, the great thing about him is in his post interviews, he's so candid with his answers. Uh, like when they asked him about the eight in block, and he and he said, "I thought he was gonna dunk it on me." Like that also lets you know something into his psyche. Like he was, he's okay if he does not succeed. They said, "Oh, not a lot of people can make that block." Not a lot of people would try to make that block because they don't want to be on a poster. And I say that in quotations, air marks, sarcastically. Or, you know what I mean? Like Ben Simmons. Giannis said, oh, I think this thing, this uh, counting down is going to go on for the rest of my career. And he embraced it. What do you think would happen if Ben Simmons? That's all. That's a mental strength, and I think he's now able to harness it into basketball at its finest levels, highest levels, and. Talking about Giannis and giving him all that. And he deserves, like, now, like, this year, people were saying, oh, we don't know if, no matter what Giannis does, you can't give him an MVP. You can't consider him for another season MVP because of his play. Now, with this resume that he just submitted, with or without winning the finals, if he wins the finals, oh, cherry on top. And Chris Paul, now he's injured because he can't dribble. Yo, the guy choked. He chokes. Chris Paul's a choke artist. I'm talking about mental strength. Let's see. Let's see. That's why I wanted Game 7. I love Game 7s. Because game seven, it's all cojones and mental. That's, game seven is always like, you win game seven, you deserve the championship. I hope, that's what I'm cheering for. I'm hoping it goes to game seven. Because it will really, really cement someone's legacy. And it would be cool to have a new legacy person. Other than KD and LeBron and Steph. I'm hoping it's Giannis. I think it's Giannis. Like Giannis 
has been like you watch Giannis play now, and you're he didn't even play like this in the Brooklyn series. Like he's literally getting better and better and better. It's only the shots. Like the stupid part about that was the fact that he shot the first three pointer. He missed it, and it was early in the shot clock. And then what does he do? He comes back and shoots it again. As if he's fucking Steph Curry. Like, oh my god. That's the only thing about him. That's, like, he should not be taking those. And to come back, like, as if he had a point to prove. But, talking about all that. I want to get to the Robins. And it's that's it. It's over. These people cemented their legacies as Robins. Middleton. Paul George. Tobias Harris. CJ. Those four. I'm ranking them right now as I'd rather have Paul George first. Middleton second. CJ third. And Tobias Harris last. And these guys, to me, are the only, like, Middleton, there was a stat that they tried to put, like, the same, comparing him to, like, LeBron James. Please stop with that bullshit. Don't even try. Middleton had one good game. One. When you want to put anybody with LeBron, consistency, consistency, consistency. If you're a 13 or 30 points guy, you either score 13 points or you score 30. Like, that is not, you're not, don't put like, you know what? I don't care the numbers. We don't care when you do that, and somebody and you retweet it. If you're a person or you're like a basketball analyst, and you that just lets me know you don't watch basketball. Like you just read stats. There's certain comparisons that don't need to be made. I don't care. If the last person to do this was, like, no. If Brooke Lopez did something and the last person to do that was Will Chamberlain, don't put that on the screen. It's not relevant. They are not relevant. Like, not everything has to be like, oh my god. Because there's so what there's so many factors that you better put bulletin points right next to it. Oh, took away hand checking, like 
And I think that's now the difference between real NBA fans and others and the casual. A real NBA fan watches the game, sees it, sees who's actually trying to score, who's running away from the ball, who's only looking to score and can't make anybody beside him better, who's playing defense and who doesn't play defense, who has a positive impact on their team and who has a negative impact on their team. Why is it every single year there's all these people that are going for Rudy Gobert as Defensive Player of the Year. But as soon as the playoffs come around, everybody's against this guy? Then who the fuck voted for Rudy Gay? Not Rudy Gay. Rudy Gobert. Who voted for him then? It's because all these guys get these stats, analytic papers, and they read them. They read them. It's easier to read it. And if you just read these papers, you're going to go with who they have ranked as number one. But if you watch the games, you would never have voted that way. That's it. People say, oh, it's just even in the regular season. The whole point of having the best defensive player in the regular season is that he can also do that in the playoffs. It's still the same basketball. The court doesn't get wider. They don't make the net smaller. Nothing changes between regular season and playoffs. It's just the intensity. And how much it means. That's it. That's all it is. So... Rudy Gobert being defensive player of the year, winning it like back to back, whatever. Like you, these people have to be able to explain this. And you can't say, you cannot say, look at the stats. If you say, look at the stats, then okay. Why, then why do you have a vote? Why don't we just give the votes to the computers? Because they'll be able to look up the stats and then we'll just make the award based on the best stat. Let me know what you guys think. My ranking. Middleton is one. Sorry, Paul George is one. Middleton is two. Tobias Harris is three. No, CJ is three. Tobias Harris is four.
be honest with yourself. You're telling me you wouldn't rather have Paul George than Middleton? Paul George can handle the ball. He can handle the ball better than Drew Holiday can handle it for you. I think that would unlock Drew Holiday. If you had Paul George, because Paul George be handling the ball, and Drew Holiday could just run off, play, do his thing off the ball. Because he's not the kind of guy that should have the ball consistently in his hand. Let me know your thoughts. And if you agree or disagree about Giannis. Because I honestly think like this is now put him up there. Last year I think it was Jokic. Like, and then we saw Jokic, you know. Cemented the year after he won MVP. And I think this year, it, this playoffs was very, very necessary for Giannis. Because now this gives him a different type of respect. This legitimizes his numbers and his awards. Up next, I'm going to talk about Euro 2020 and Messi versus Cristiano Ronaldo. If you guys want me to talk about the NFL over-unders for wins, totals, and then some other great betting odds um, for like MVPs, uh, which if I... Give a look to Baker Mayfield. I think Baker Mayfield is a good catch. Let me know. Send me an email, you, uh, Twitter, DM, whatever. Let me know if you guys would like that. Stay. Uh, if you want to hear about Euro 2020 and then what I think about Messi versus Ronaldo. Did Messi really move up? Stay tuned to listen. If you're still listening to the Usler podcast, I appreciate it. And thank you. I'm going to talk about Euro 2020 finals. Italy versus England. It was disappointing. I was cheering for England over Italy because... I'm a fan of the Premier League, and I've seen a majority of these English players um, grow and develop and get better. And Kyle Walker and a bunch of them, like they, on Man City, they've also had a documentary on Amazon. So you've, I've gotten to know a lot of the players on the England team, and I like them. So I really wanted them to win because I love, like their players are some of the best players. And I don't like Italy. I just don't like the way they play. They're always dirty and whiners and complainers. It's not like they're dirty and you know what I, no, they're dirty and they whine and they complain and they're, I just don't like Italy the way they play. 
And I felt so bad, so bad for what their manager, for what England's manager, that idiot Southgate did. And the irony of it all is like Southgate talks about it and his thing that like messed him up and put him in therapy is his missed penalty kick versus Germany. And what does he do? He puts, and he says, oh, I would never do that to any of the players, this, that. What does he do? He does worse. He puts in three players that don't even get a chance to touch the ball, two of them. And then you make him shoot these three penalties, and then you have a 19-year-old to shoot the... What was going through his mind? It was like he's never been a part of a big competition. I think the whole time he was on there, he was zoned out. I think he was watching it as if he was watching it on TV. I think he forgot he was the fucking manager. And it sucks. Because I really wanted them to win. I really wanted it for the players. They were playing in London. And you knew it was going to be an explosive. It was going to blow up the whole place. Um, and they saved. And to be honest, like those fans, to me, they deserve it. What they did to save the English Premier League and... You know how they put an end to the Super League. It was the Italians who keep wanting it. They're still in it. So if you're a fan of soccer or football. Man, you had to be going for the English team. You had to. And I really wanted them to win it. And it sucked that they had a manager that was that had his head up his ass too. Like, why do they always need to get an English manager? Bring in a great man. Jose Mourinho or somebody. Or bring in uh, the guy who just left PSG. That manager. The guy who was at Tottenham before. Like, this is a great national team. And they do not choke. Like the ones before, like the Beckham and the Gerard, those guys would all choke under for the national team because it meant so much to them. They would choke. This team does not choke. It's honestly their their manager. He just he puts them. He not only he doesn't put them in the best position to win. It's not like he just like he's neutral. No. He literally fucks them up. Shoots them in the legs. And then he goes, okay, let's play from there. It's sad. And like the irony of it, of how they lose. And this is like this guy's biggest fear. I think it's like his nightmare. 
It's Southgate's nightmare, literal nightmare, coming to fruition on the field. And he does not understand that he has control of it. I'm telling you, I think he was a spectator just like all of us. And he forgot. Because it's there's no excuse possible for any of his decision making. Zero. And it's not like the Euros. Like there was a lot of stuff that had to come. And had to work. And come right for this to work. And the Euros is not like every year. This is like. Oh man. They let this competition slip by. And the World Cup. How is that even going to work in the winter time? But I guess we're going to see. Messi versus Ronaldo. Messi wins. Uh, Argentina wins Copa de America. And Messi almost, like, he missed. Messi's a choke artist for his national team, too. That's why, to me, Messi is not greater than Ronaldo. Messi is more talented than Ronaldo. He has more skills than Ronaldo. But Ronaldo as an all-around player is better. If you wanted to win, if you care about winning, then you want Ronaldo. If you want somebody to give you Maybe one time a dash of brilliance, a speck of genius, and it doesn't even mean that it's going in. And he might do it, and he might not. Then that's wrong. That's messy. But if you care about winning and consistency, and somebody that every single game is going to work and work his ass off and play, and he shows up. Ronaldo, like it's over, and I really do hope that Messi moves from Barcelona, so people stop making excuses for him, go to Man City, go to the English League, let's see you play, like All you do is you see Messi play in the same Barcelona and Copa America. Like all the places that he... No offense, but talent-wise, it's all under. Like the least talented pools he plays in. Why does he not come to the English League? Where people will put bodies on him. And see if he can play. That's the only thing, like, I always tell people that try to say, that talk shit about Ronaldo, Cristiano Ronaldo. The guy is a winner. He's honest. What is, Ronaldo's not very scared of anything. He's played in the English League. He's played in, in everywhere. He travels, he plays, he does this. Messi is just happy and content where 
having things done his way. He's scared of like the outside world, of change, of this. So how can you even call him the greatest? You have one guy that's literally conquered and looks for challenges and beats and does this and that and looks for better and better competition. And then you have another guy that is scared to get out, to leave his house to play any other competition. Come on. Come on. And you can't say it's Ronaldo that's money hungry because the papers came out and they showed Messi's money hungry. Nobody even came nobody even knew what Messi's contract was that big at that level. Come on. Six hundred and sixty million over five years. Get out of here. And you're trying and people you say that Ronaldo's money hungry. Get out of here, man. Get out of here. Let me know your thoughts. Who you who you think is the GOAT? Is it Messi or is it Ronaldo? And you know what sucks about it is Neymar is not even close. Like, that guy was supposed to be, like, you know, maybe the third comer coming up. Maybe even battle them. He's not even close, man. He can't even sniff their fucking boots. Let me know your thoughts. Thoughts. Thank you guys for listening. I'm going to have more podcasts. It's going to be more consistent. I'm going to be putting up at least three a week. And appreciate any support and feedback. Always wanting a way. Um, I know maybe the audio. I'm still trying to figure out where I can do this uh, to buy a mic and do it properly. If you have any ideas, any help, uh, let me know. Uslip Podcast, Ali Kameha. I'm out. I'm out!